Hello and welcome to CoachCast by England Football Learning, the coaching podcast that brings you insight from people across the game. Today we're chatting to Stacey Miles, an FA Coach Development Officer, to discover her journey so far, including how she fell in love with the game and how she's now helping women and girls in the West Midlands to do the same. Great to have you on, Stacey. Um, I thought we'd just start by finding out a little bit about your role at the FA and what that entails. Yeah, well, it's, um, so my role is a FA Coach Development Officer. I am focused in the West Midlands, so that ranges from Gloucestershire up to Staffordshire and Shropshire. We've got various aspects of the role, including supporting grassroots coaches in all aspects of the game, and then also supporting uh, female coaches. We're looking to support coaches that are female that want to begin their coaching journey and volunteering, and then also looking to kind of support and develop female coaches that are already actively out there coaching already that would like some kind of I guess some support and uh, yeah development and I guess I can support and help them on their journey a third aspect I guess is like things that we're doing like here today where we're doing some filming recording and hopefully creating some great content for uh, for coaches to I guess get some ideas and thoughts and considerations for them and their environment well talking about great content let's start off the show uh, with some top tips I think Louise because as this is a coaching podcast listeners could be on their way to training so we think it's good to give them some great advice straight away. Yeah we call this your arrival activity so um, we give you 30 seconds and you have to give us as many top coaching tips as you can in those 30 seconds so we'll put a little bit of music on and that will tell you when your time is up. Is that okay? Sounds like a game of countdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, time starts now. I say uh, be yourself. There's nothing more important than being your authentic self. Um, I'd say get to know your players. So what are their motivations? Uh, What are their interests? What are they like as a person? What, uh, I guess, are their super strengths? What are the areas they'd like to get better at? How do they want you to be with them? Um, I would say making and ensuring your game, your like practices and your sessions are very game-based. They're fun. Children want to be there. i say the most important thing is don't forget to smile. Perfect. Exactly on time. <laughs> did you feel the pressure there? I think I might need my inhaler, yeah. <laughs> well, you did very well there, yeah, Stacey. Under the pressure, you, you coped very well. <laughs> right, so let's get straight into it and find out a little bit more about you, Stacey. And what we want to know first is, what was your first experience of football like? My first experience of football was growing up on uh, a street. So I'm from Gloucestershire, in case you can't tell from the accent. I, we grew up on a street um, full of boys, so there was no other f- young females of my age and grew up playing, I think, football from the age around four or five, just playing on like street football. And from the minute you get in from school... Quick, get your tea down, yeah. Your mum's like, get your tea. And then straight away, you've got to then, yeah, get straight out and uh, play football until it goes dark. And then they're like, right, you've got to come in, shower bed. And then, yeah, same the next day, I guess. So, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty much for me, it was just all football. That's you've always had the desire to, to get out and play. Always, yeah, I don't know. Well, my grandpa um, loved football, my dad loved football, and I, I just loved everything about it, watching it, playing it, head-to-toe in a football kit from, like, five years old, so... 
What football kit was that, if you don't mind me asking? Well, the first kit I got put in as a baby was Nottingham Forest, which, yes. which is interesting. <laughs> but then I, the first live match I got took to see was by my godmother, and they support Liverpool. So it's Liverpool-Arsenal, and I was in the cop end. And uh, so, yeah, I became a Liverpool fan after, obviously, my first live game. Great stuff. I particularly like the forest kit there. Uh, we'll, we'll forget that it turned into <laughs> Liverpool eventually. Um, <laughs> um, how accessible then was girls football when you was growing up? So you mentioned that it was informal play, but did you have anything that was a little bit more structured at all? At that time, you could only, I think, play with the boys until you were 12. So I just played for the primary school team. I was the only girl that played, play, used to try and used to try and play at the breaks and the hat like the lunch times and stuff but it's more difficult obviously as the older you get into secondary school there wasn't um a girls team we couldn't even play which is really sad now I think but we couldn't even play football as part of like PE as, girl, as girls it was uh netball I think we had um and cross country which I wasn't a fan of personally so yeah it was sad so I actually um set up the girls football team I think I was in year 10 and I was pestering my teacher because at that point I couldn't play for the boys externally either anymore because with the boys like mixed team because it was till 12 so it was about yeah secondary school so I asked the teacher oh let's make um let's set up a girls team she's like yeah go on then you can do like all the marketing there I was a marketing manager going around the school with flyers <laughs> and we had our first training session and I basically delivered it I never coached in my life obviously <laughs> so you're only doing what you've ever been taught like to have a go I think we had like 30 girls turn up and play and then we had our we played against another school so it's like a local high school girls team and uh, I really enjoyed that and then decided then I was going to go on and uh, like go to college and do something in sports at that point to be honest like education was an interesting part but it wasn't really like I'm not really one to sit and do tests and papers like I'm probably I excel more with like practical doing stuff so that's kind of, yeah, I guess. Um, and then I did join a girls team. I think it was around 15. So I had like a couple of years where there was no way you could actually play, which is awful now thinking of it. And I'm really grateful that young girls can grow up, I guess, playing at any point now. So, yeah. Um, and then I joined a local girls team and then from there just carried on playing. So You mentioned about your college course in sport. Was that lots of different sports or what was what was the course that you did? So it was at Hartbury College, amazing college, like the support that they give you and the confidence they give you compared to probably my experiences of school so much where, you know, you're doing tests and I'm not great at tests, whereas at college they support you and they help you and they build confidence and you do lots of practical activities. And so you could choose to do a BTEC diploma, it was in sport, um, football, rugby or golf, so they're specialist ones and I wanted to do football but... At that point, other than Hope Powell, I didn't know any woman that worked in football. And to be honest, I had had teachers at school say to me, you won't work in football, that's not what women do. And I'm not joking when I say that, I got told that, okay? So I went down the sport route, and actually that was a great idea um, at the time for me. I remember specifically, as part of the course, you could do your level one coaching badge. The tutor on the course, I can't remember his name, but I just remember how he made me feel. And I remember after I finished, he took me to a side when you get a little bit of feedback and he said, you should do this as a job. And it's probably one of them moments where it's probably the first time up until what was I like 17 where I'd actually been told, oh, you, this is probably what you should do. You're good at this. And I loved football. It was like my life, wasn't it? And I at that point, so I thought, do you know what? 
maybe I will. <laughs> maybe I will. So, yeah, I decided from there then to go on to university to do a sports coaching degree. So based on that one person's, not just that, but that was a highlighting factor and a positive, like, experience on that course with college, yeah, I decided to go and do a degree in it. And so as you carried on down that path, what did you find that you enjoyed about coaching? It's a great question. I think, like, sounds obvious, but I think just helping people. Like, I always think whoever you're working with, people that come to play football, for some of them people, whether they're kids, adults, um, teenagers, for some of them that's their best time of the week. And it's like if I've been able to provide that opportunity for them, like, how great is that? And um, I think, like, yeah, what I like most is supporting people, like, with confidence and, like, the skills that you can, and, like, personable, like, qualities and characteristics you can help people develop through the love of sports and how that can then help them in general life, so not just in football. So I just love helping people, <laughs> like, genuinely love it. And, uh, yeah, I... Um, I think what's exciting about football is like forever changing and coaching and every time you work every season with a new team, it's a new team of 16, but 16 individual people. So there's always going to be new, exciting challenges that test you and like, I guess, in like positive ways. What do you reckon the key skills and attributes are that, that coaches need? Patience. I think patience is like, for me, like one of the most important ones. I think... We will all probably say we're patient, but then when you're stood on the side of a game and you're, the score line is the score line and players are doing certain things, trying to remember, especially when working in foundation phase and youth development phase, understanding like that they will need time. So there's been min, like lots of conversations I've had with other coaches around, you know, someone saying, oh, this player, she, you know, she can't do this at the moment. And I would say, yet. Can't do this yet, but it might be she can't do this yet because she hasn't grown, or she, or she's a year behind in terms of ages of the other children that are there, or you know, or hasn't quite got the physical capabilities to be able to pass the ball twenty yards. So, I'd say patience is a massive one, um, and then also patience for you as a coach. So, I'm someone honestly who loves to get things done. Like I want to be this. I want to. I want to have this qualification. I remember. Once I finished my UA for B, I was like, right, I want to do my A licence, want to do my A licence. I literally wanted to be, like, I don't know, the head coach of, like, England. Do you know what I mean? Like, just but having patience, knowing I've done my UA for B, I need to spend now a really good time to actually become a good UA for B coach. And once I once I finished my UA for B, I know that I was probably just competent at that stage. So I needed to really go and, like, learn more about myself, learn more experiences before I then went and... I guess progressed on with my coaching a little bit further so patience for the players patience for yourself in terms of like you can't get to x to for a to z there will be times where it doesn't quite work out and you've got to learn those aspects I'd say being you is so important like in terms of a, like I don't know if you define that as a characteristic but I could tell you the amount of amazing coaches I've gone and seen and I've watched and I've been like wow I want to be like them, like amazing. Next training session, I'm pretty sure I'm saying the exact same words they said in the exact same tone. I didn't have the same outfit on, but I tried to replicate what I saw. Did it work? Absolutely not. 
because because I was trying to be someone I wasn't. So I'd say like being comfortable with your strengths of who you are and then naturally that allows you to be the best version of you when you're like you with your players um I'd say like being smiley happy and fun person for me is like the most important thing when you whether you're working with kids or the first team somewhere why because this could be the best time of their week and you need to make sure it's fun and enjoyable. Yes, there's times where we might need to have conversations in different tones and things like that. But if we need to do that more often than the other when we're being smiley happy, I think there's a, a cause for concern there because the environment needs to be a great one. So I'd say uh, those kind of elements, I think, are absolutely massively important um, Yeah, when, when coaching and working with people. Have you got any top tips for being able to create that sort of environment then I always say whoever you're working with whether you're working in in football or in any line of work you've got to know what people's motivations are so in your group of players say you've got 16 you've got 16 individual people that all have different motivations different characteristics they might need to be spoken to in different ways at the different times in the right way for them so before you can create an environment do you know enough about those people first and foremost to be able to then support and help them and then also like ensuring that for example say majority of the group are motivated by x then like for example x might be uh they want to um progress onto the next level um in terms of if they're under 14s might be coming want to get progress into the under 15s in a talent pathway so straight away we know that they want to do that you might have certain players that want to be top goal scorer you might have players that come because they just want to be with their friends so it's about making sure that that environment i guess suits everyone in the right way at the right time I think people always work hard for when they know you care about them when you've got that positive relationship with players and with other coaches and staff you will work for that environment so you, for me like I've been in many environments and some of the best environments I've seen haven't been the ones with the best training facility haven't been the ones with the most I guess provision and money and everything back in it they're the ones with the people that make it happen for what it is got two goals a ball some bibs and they make the environment just the most amazing thing so I think even those small conversations walking from where you might greet your players to the pitch, it's having those one-to-ones and, you know, how's your dog been? You know, um, oh, did you watch the Lionesses win at the weekend? They lifted the trophy. Who's your favourite player? Oh, I know you support Chelsea. Oh, Liverpool beat Chelsea last weekend, those kind of things. So having those, like, interpersonal skills straight away and just like, oh, she remembers that about me. Coach Stacey remembers that. She remembers that I've got a dog. She cares about me. She's trying to listen and and understand. And I'd say, like, understanding what they like about football. So, you know, what parts of practices do they like? Do they like it when we play small-sided games? Do they like it where we do some individual-based work? What do they like? You've got to be open as a coach, I think, to getting that feedback. Great messages there. Um, Were there any transformational coaches for you growing up? I know you mentioned... Obviously, there was Hope Powell that you that, that was kind of a, a little bit of a role model there. But even when you're going back to schools with with PE teachers, for instance, were there any coaches that you looked up to or not? When I went to college, there was um, Paul Tassel, who uh, was fantastic. He led our women's program down there, and he made it a fun environment to be part of. Um, and then when I went to university. Um, I hope he's listening. So Chris Wilburn, who's actually a colleague of mine now that I get to work with. So how he was with players was incredible in the environment. But then also how he was with like mentoring me. So 
I wouldn't be in a role I am today or coaching probably still if it wasn't for the kind of that positive experience. So I say, um, I'd say Chris, definitely. I'd say Sarah Lawler, who is a senior technical talent coach at the FA. So uh, I was, I guess, mentored by her really like lots of times throughout my, um, throughout my journey down in the Southwest. And for me, like she was great in terms of that, like high technical detail, but also like such methodical planning about the whole day at camp and what it entails. And obviously for me, like that was probably one of my first experiences of really seeing like a full-time, you know, female in football and knowing that there were roles for that. I was very fortunate to be with um, England under-14s and England under-18 girls. So coaches are Natalie Henderson and uh, Emma Coates. For me, two of the best coaches in the country in very different ways. One, super energetic and uh, lively, uh, just creates like this space. You just want to listen to everything she's saying. And the other one's so detailed with every single point of what the game plan is and how she gives feedback so learned a lot from them females as well um but even like I said even now I work with coaches obviously within my job full-time which is a real pleasure I see transformational coaches all the time and how they interact and create those positive environments there's been honestly and I feel like now sat here now there will be I'll go off this conversation and there'll be like another 50 people in my head and they'll be like oh those were those were amazing coaches and people and there are yeah a lot a lot of them out there I know as soon as I'm going to stop talking I'm gonna kick myself for forgetting I think the thing to take from that is there's so much to learn from lots of different people and like you say being yourself people bring different qualities to the the role so you're not necessarily going to learn everything from one person so just be open to learning from lots of different people I guess yeah being open to to them and then also like knowing what you can like what bits you like about them but then making sure it fits you I guess is like for me really important what sort of things have you taken away from some of those transformational coaches that you've that you've witnessed the most important thing is how they are with people so how they make you feel in that moment you are the most important person talking to them. So regardless of probably like in their roles, they've got a million things going on. I'd say it was how they are with you and how they make you feel. So it's, for example, if you're working with others, you want to take that with, I guess, how you are with them. And then secondly to that, I would say how they are with their players and the environment they create. When I stand back and I'm watching them, like, would I want to be part of that? Absolutely, I would. I would love to be part of that. So um I guess yeah like the small like how to have those one-to-one conversations whether they're great conversations or harder conversations how they stop and then they command and gain respect within the environment um it's kind of like those things that I was saying around those like characteristics of like their personality and yeah I guess like you can see the players how they respond to that person you know if there's good positive relationships in that group and I'd say out of everyone I've seen the people that are the have been the best haven't always been the ones with the the best qualifications or are working at the most senior level of the game they're the ones that people can't wait to turn up to but either get there early or they get there on time but they're there and they have the best time ever and I think yeah that would be like in terms of what have I taken from them would be those how they create that environment some really good things for people to think about um 
I wonder if you could take us back again to um, parts where you had some challenges in your career. So you mentioned that people had said that you would never work in football. Can you um, talk us through what challenges you had, kind of, if, or if you had any challenges? Yeah, I guess there's uh, been quite a few different variety of challenges. For a lot of females, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of a lot of females, not all, but some, just being like the only female on a course comes with a lot of challenges. So you definitely feel like uh, you need to, like, I guess, prove yourself because you are the only female. Um, and that co- sometimes comes from the group and how they make you feel and how they make you feel welcomed. But then also a lot of it, I think, personally comes from you and your own self and maybe your experiences around because there isn't many in the room and, and those elements. So I think that's a challenge. Like when, you, when you're comfortable with yourself and you know what you can bring to the party as such and what, what your strengths are, then it, you don't worry about those other elements. It's just you're, there, you're not a female coach, you're, just, you're a coach in the room. And you've got just as much strengths as the next person next to you. They just might be different strengths. So it's about utilising those moments. So I think the power of that, I guess, would be overcome how to overcome that element for me personally. Um, and then I guess, yeah, challenges around... Um, like opportunities is difficult, I must say. So, for example, you know, like there's not many. There are some absolutely amazing co- female co- coaches that are female. It's a better way of saying it, in my opinion. Coaches that are female that are working in um, like the male academy system. Um, and like, I don't think there's enough coaches that are female that are working in. Uh, so, I think opportunities, obviously, it's, sometimes it is more challenging to get roles like that however there are obviously schemes out there now through the FA and through the PFA that are um, and through clubs that are opening opportunities for uh, underrepresented groups which I think is absolutely fantastic and it allows to give like we spoke about before opportunity sometimes you just need opportunity to then you know shine and thrive and be the best version of you and you might be a hidden talent in your community of uh, of a coach and it's about you know having that opportunity so I would say um, those kind of challenges um, as a like I guess throughout my career so far the main one for me has been around that confidence and self-esteem I've probably always found that really difficult and I'm sure many people on this who's listening to that I really believe there's everyone has found that like you know that where you question yourself so you might have lost a game or you might have uh, tried to help a player and it hasn't quite worked you're always questioning or didn't do that quite right, I didn't do this, and I was always my biggest self-critic, like, literally, and uh, I definitely am way better at it now, um, as I've, as I've grown, um, so yeah, I'd say, like, dealing with confidence, and I remember with my A licence, my uh, coach developer, tutor, honestly, he couldn't have been any better with me in terms of how he made me feel, and relaxed, and um, could be my best self, he, and I know he travelled, like a really long way to observe me because of where he lives in terms of geographical location. And I felt like I'd put a lot of pressure every time I delivered because of that as well. But not that he made me feel like that, just because I had that on myself. So I guess it was linking to that was... I know after I did a terrible session and he'd watch, I would, not he, he didn't, he was amazing, but I would always like be my biggest critique, like, oh, I'm never going to achieve this. I just want to stop now. And, you know, like couldn't do well. And just, I guess like over ways and like overcoming that was a massive challenge for me. But the way he was with me, helped me get through that really difficult period of time. And I think that it's really important to 
I guess like when you're working and how I can link that into my coach development role now is like remembering how he made me feel when I was probably at my lowest at that moment in time so um that and then also I had a really close friend called Zach he was absolutely amazing and I used to literally drive home after the sessions thinking can't do this again I just can't do this that was terrible this was terrible don't think I slept very well I'm sure loads of people can resonate with that and then you you go again the next time and you try your best but before we got in the car we had an agreement in the end he made me do it I used to always have to say three things that went well about the evening so it didn't have to be a coaching as such it might be a conversation I've had with a player or three things I was happy with maybe a session like layout of cones because I'm crap at getting them in lines I promise you straight lines are terrible I'm never going to be good at that by the way so it could be about anything and then 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 like then we can chat about one thing that could be better but straight away I've got I've like highlighted some good things so as I drove home felt so much better so that's something like a tip that I do now and without Zach I don't think I would have been able to have overcome like I guess my self-doubt so um yeah I guess there's quite a few challenges as as a coach and coach developer uh, that I face so far but I'm sure there's many more to come um but yeah those are my tips it's a really nice tip to take away uh, it really is do you have any other advice for anyone listening to that if they really don't believe in themselves what what would you say to to listeners who who are in that situation I'd say it's really good to uh, sometimes have a like find someone close or a mentor or another buddy coach that you can work with because sometimes we always feel a certain way about ourselves but it's sometimes good to have feedback isn't it positive feedback from others real specific feedback like you can like learn and support and help each other and have those like like how me and Zach we'd have that positive conversation even though I know the te- session went terribly in my opinion there were still positive things about it and it wasn't the end of the world like everyone still came played football they had fun but from my high expectations I made myself feel bad about that moment but it no one got injured it was absolutely fine and they came back the next time so it was you know still a great environment but it was just not my expectations so I would say like trying to think about what you want to achieve as well so like within like whether that's for the training sessions having your objectives and then like your medium-term plan or your long-term plan as a coach like thinking about those things because sometimes we can like reflect about everything (laughs) and there is so much to reflect about as a human being with training like we're not in control of everything absolutely so reflecting I guess on those objectives having that buddy system that mentor that can give you some guidance and support and then also I I also do believe in the power of like imagery and seeing stuff because there's sometimes where I think oh that was rubbish I didn't speak like that very well or I didn't help them enough like that but then when you watch it back you think actually I got about the pitch a bit there I helped three players I can't remember doing that so sometimes imagery to support and help yourself so like with confidence but then it might not always be you reflect on that might be with a mentor so the mentor can pick out things that you and your stubborn mind won't let you see and hear and understand so 
I'd say around those things, I definitely think that positive reflections massive around um, those elements. And then also like, yeah, feedback from the players. You've got to be comfortable to receive it though. Kids can be brutal with it. It's called brutal honesty, I always believe it as. So if you're in a comfortable place, you know, ask them like what they enjoyed about it, what could be better, but you've got to be ready for the answers. And um, and then that shapes your next practice, doesn't it? So straight away then hopefully you can improve on on those elements um I think going along to like CPD events is great like with your county FAs and with England football learning why because you can connect with other people that I am certain uh, will probably feel similar to you so even though you may have played football and you've been like me you played since you were five you might not have coached for a long time which is understandable it's new it's different skill sets lots of transferable skills probably to any line of work that you do absolutely because it's all about people but there's probably people you can connect and share ideas and games and activities with uh, exactly the same as obviously England football learning with the community hub asking questions to coach development officers on there where you can get advice and like tips to anything that you're thinking about so um, there's probably some things to think about in terms of confidence but I definitely think it's like with driving the more you can do certain things the more you hopefully feel better about yourself but um if you only listen to your own thoughts and you don't hear from others in terms of uh like positive feedback and for example you've got to be careful with who you're asking feedback from as well all the time so you know like if I'm feeling vulnerable if I if I know someone's very stern and direct I'm probably at that moment in time I'm not going to ask them what they think because I know I'm not ready to hear it but I might need someone who's kind, loving, caring that can I know will basically help me and put an arm around me when I need it. So I think those things of are really important. But having that kind of connection and that that circle of support is uh, paramount. Really good insight there. Thank you. Um, if we look at your role now, Stacey, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your job as a FA coach development officer and how you're helping women and girls fall in love with the game just like you did? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a real privilege. Um, I, I've been very fortunate. I'm nearly uh, my seventh full-time year, year here at the FA, actually, in a variety of different roles. And throughout all them roles, I guess, I've uh, been able to have the privilege of working and supporting females in the women's game. So where I am now is around, I guess, supporting and creating opportunities within the counties of helping those young females or even females that maybe later on in their careers or or in their playing uh, days have decided they want to take up coaching so about supporting them with stepping over the sidelines which is a national program of coached workshops that we're going to be going out and delivering within each county FA um, around yeah providing opportunity of where to start where do I start how am I going to do it and then what support you've got so linking in with stepping over the sidelines it's called for new and upcoming uh coaches that are female that want to get into uh coaching and then also linking with uh what we've started which is so exciting it's very in its prime at the moment and in its infancy what we've done at england football learning is create across the whole country we're going to have within hopefully each county fa uh women's coach development groups which is it's a safe space to network with other female coaches it's also a great place to uh, share ideas and collaborate ideas together it's a great place to um to get hopefully some top tips and 
and uh, ideas from coach development officers, the women and girls coach development officers. Uh, and the idea being that there will be a variety of workshops across the season. So say, for example, one county of A, you might have six workshops across the season. Might be a, mi a mixed blend of face-to-face -face and online workshops, completely free to attend, which is magnificent, so prevents those barriers. Um, and what I think is real success is for, for me personally is obviously people feeling that they love football and are enjoying their coaching and getting some ideas and support and want to continue and grow and develop and hopefully there's going to be way more women um, females in roles like I'm in and like Serena's in and uh, obviously variety of different roles across the whole game in general so I think the real success as well and I, I alliterate to this a lot where I went on coaching courses and I've been maybe the one of two female coaches and then they're friends for life and I've done my UA for B as a female only group and they're friends for life hopefully these networking opportunities will allow uh, coaches to network away from the group as well which is great and I know this upcoming season we've also got a whatsapp group it's um, hopefully going to be you know sharing ideas across that all together as well across the whole uh, region and the, within the counties so some really good opportunities we also have an FA coach mental program really specific co uh, uh, brilliant uh, coach developers that are out there one-to-one -one with our uh, coaches that are intentional coaches that are female intentional coaches looking at coaches that really want to progress develop and are really committed so what we've done is within our coach development groups there are coaches within that that are obviously female they now have a bespoke one-to-one -one support as well so it's all completely free which is incredible so not only can they come along to uh cpd from the county phase there's also bespoke uh i guess uh female coach workshops for them if that that's what they would prefer you can attend everything if you want and the more you go along to the uh the more ideas and support obviously hopefully you can get but there's definitely and it's, it's absolutely forever evolving and each season we're going to have hopefully new people join and the great thing about the workshops, they are bespoke to the learners. So this season, we've gone after uh, sending out um, topics and they've come back with their chosen topics that they'd like it to be around. So it's around tailoring our coach development support to the needs of the group as well. That might be the coach development officer delivering with a group of players. It might be the, the coaches on the course. They might be connecting, combining and collaborating and delivering sessions themselves. It might be classroom based. It might be webinar based uh, sessions. It might be going into a club in particular. Like I know for this new season with my planning ready, I'm going uh, we've got a live game like a live championship women's game um so it's honestly some really exciting like live game observations and uh, just a variety that i want to provide we, we always talk about that word opportunity what an opportunity this is to get in, get involved with and this is like in our infancy and i reiterate that because it's going to hopefully off the back of the women's yours continue to progress and uh hopefully we're going to have a lot more coaches that are female and hopefully support and help them on their journey how do people get involved with the women's coach development groups and the stepping over the sidelines initiative if they want to that's a great question yeah so uh like linking with your local county fa so there'll be someone a football development officer there who will be focusing on uh, the coach development program as well as the women and girls games so they will be uh, fully aware of what they're 
like coach support looks like for all coaches but then also for female coaches you we can request stepping over the sideline kind of workshops and when that next one might be for your local county fa and then also linking with your women's coach development group you can also reach out to your regional coach development officer if you're aware of who they are if you're not ask your county fa and they can uh, signpost you to them and you can have maybe a one-to-one to talk about your how things are going or you can obviously have a discussion around like when the next workshops might be because stepping over the sidelines can take place for example not just with the county FA it might be that as a club you decide that you want to put on a stepping over the sideline because you've got I don't know uh, for as an example 20 women or young players that want to do stepping over the sidelines so a coach development officer or a community champion women and girls community champion from England Football Learn can come out into your um, environment and deliver it bespoke to your club so you can reach out to your coach development officer your county fa and england football learning and uh, yeah there'll be a variety of ways of uh, hopefully making everything possible you can really hear the passion in your voice with the answers there are you enjoying the positive impact that you're having on the women and girls game I absolutely love it. Yeah, absolutely. What a privilege it is to wear, you know, the free lions every day and just um, support and develop and provide opportunities for people. And um, I'd say it's a real privilege as well to work with the county FA. So obviously England Football Learning, we, we're linking with the county FAs to make these coach development group and groups happen. And that doesn't happen by... You know, there, there are people there that are magical people that make it happen. So, you know, where I'm at with West Midlands, we're really doing well with creating and establishing, getting these groups going. Absolutely in the infancy stage, but it's about that collaboration and teamwork that really makes it happen. So it's kind of, I guess, everyone's passions that are involved in these roles. That why we want to make it happen for, I guess, why we what we didn't have. We want to make sure that people have that now. Of course, we're really hopeful that the international tournament, so obviously the Women's Euros, which have ended very, very well, this win's going to stop what happened when you was younger, where there was no girls' football. Well, now there needs to be girls' football at school, so there's actually the accessibility there that, that you didn't experience when you was younger. Do you think that will happen? I think it needs to happen. Um, Previous to this, I spent five years full-time with the FA and the FA Skills Programme. Part of the role was around supporting uh, teachers in schools, around delivering PE lessons uh, based around football and, uh, yeah, supporting, I guess, those young players with a positive like learning and playing experience what I used to do was like create like lunchtime clubs for girls and after school clubs because it's accessible to them and it's providing an opportunity where they may not have had it the impact of it was tremendous and it's not me because I'm their coach and it's the opportunity so if we give girls that opportunity straight after that there was like evening skill centers we ran for girls and girls festivals they were sold out and I'm not joking within an hour of putting them like a half-term session on, they would be fully booked, sold out after an hour. And that comes from the schools generating... For, I, I always say to people, for, for a lot of young girls, not all, but for a lot, their first experience of football might be their mum, dad, auntie, uncle watching the TV in the room and it's 11 v 11 on the pitch and, you know, people might be shouting at the TV, you know, getting excited and a little bit that becomes maybe not something that they're excited to maybe go on and do. But actually, if you're 
in school delivering like a really fun football-based lesson, but they don't know so much that it's football. It might be sharks and fish. It might be dragons and dungeons. It might be just, as long as it's fun-based with the football, straight away their love's like, actually, yeah, that's quite cool football. It's not what I see on TV. That is later on perhaps at a different level, but this is like, if it means like I've got to get past someone with a bib, amazing, it's fun. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I think schools really need to like, and I'm sure they will, and I'm hopeful they will really like buy into now providing that opportunity. There has to be the opportunity. There also has to be, I guess, linking with RP department um, at the FA and the coach development uh, program around an FA education around uh, the support they give to teachers, I think is paramount. So obviously teachers may feel that they may not have had any experience in football or coaching football. So I think those teachers utilising the support around the girls' football partnerships in their areas and our P department, which can support them with like how to design sessions, but how to gain confidence, which they might not feel like they have. But actually, it's a lot of stuff they already do in a classroom, which they probably do amazingly because they're brilliant at what they do with young people. It's just using those skills exactly just out and doing PE. It's just sometimes they might need the advice and support around that. So... I think there's there are things there already, but I think absolutely. Um, I'm I, hopefully you can tell I'm really passionate around. I guess like making sure that girls have that uh, like equal opportunity because you will have girls that want to play, like I did. I played with the boys in the playground. Brilliant, good for me. But some girls may not have played on the streets with the boys. They might not have had that opportunity. So we need to provide the opportunity. It's like I always think at Christmas time when you have. Um, you know, like your celebrations, straight away, all of us in here, we'll be able to say, oh, yeah, that's my favourite one, that's my favourite. But how do you know it's your favourite? Oh, because I've tried that one, I've tried that one, I've tried that one. So exactly the same as sports. So there's no, like for me, for example, I played football because I had an opportunity a little bit to do so, but I never got to play hockey at school either. So how do I know if I don't like hockey? I've never had a chance to have a go so a bit of a, a random way to think about it but unless you I'm sure people listen hopefully can relate to that like unless you give people opportunity to try how do you know that they're not going to like it mm. yeah so to wrap this part up can you give us any tips or advice for someone who is thinking about getting into coaching but just hasn't made that step yet I'd say absolutely let's make the step now definitely and I talk about maybe top tips would be around understanding like why it is that you want to get involved is it you want a career in the game is it that you want to help your uh, your son or your daughter's team is it that you want to just volunteer and support and help the community I guess first and foremost and you might not know that straight away but having a little insight into I guess understanding why it is that you want to get involved and then looking and linking with your county FA and understanding uh, what opportunities there are out there um, and then obviously completing your FA Playmaker course and then your introduction to coaching football course through England Football Learning. Uh, you can have a little look, I guess, onto the uh, the FA Boot Room around when those courses are going to be coming out um, and when you can... They're really easy accessible to book onto. They, both of those courses, the Playmaker and the Introduction to Coaching Football, are all accessible online so you can literally do them from your house um, they're great ways to give some great insights and top tips I definitely say yeah find find a club that that suits you in terms of um, like is it an environment you would like to be part of um, have conversations with other coaches I'd say 
the best learning takes place from uh, having a go on the grass. So it's going to take time. You're not going to be perfect and amazing straight away. Understanding your group of players and people that you're working with. So, for example, if you're all about uh, certain things, you need to recognise, well, actually playing out from the back or various different other technical tactical elements might not be appropriate so much for this group of players because it's like a turn up and play session understanding the motivations of the group i think are really important um understanding like and learning in terms of an aspirational coach learning like the different ways and and like your communication with players so i will never forget a time where we had a, a game and i said to the players right make the pitch as big as you can wanting them to spread out right the the, the cones went everywhere Myers, yeah. and i thought to be fair that's a quick way of relaying the pitch for next time but actually did they do what i asked them yeah they did i said make the pitch as big as you can so it's about understanding you're gonna make some little mistakes like that but understanding like the different ways of like um like the terminology used is really important and they will take things i guess literally so yeah some tips around absolutely make your first step if obviously you're if you are a coach that's female there's a great initiatives now in place um that you can obviously get and do your stepping over the sidelines and join your coach women's coach development groups which is a, a fun safe space to network with other coaches that are female thank you Stacey, some great tips uh, and it's been a great episode thank you very much for your time today i uh, hope you've enjoyed it thank you yeah thank you for having me right uh, time's running out louise but just before we go what would be your wonky takeaway from our chat with stacy yeah, so many things to take away from that, I think. There were some really good tips throughout there. But one that stuck with me was just giving girls an opportunity to play. So that might be through a game where they don't necessarily realise that it's football, but it's just engaging them in a different way. I thought that was really a useful thing to think about. Yeah, I like, I like that one at the top of the show. I think that one was really enjoyed that. For me, it was around the positive reflection piece. Uh, it's very easy to focus on... On negatives and I think what Stacey was saying that was I think it was a friend who who had said like you need to be given three things that went well so it's almost like adjusting that mindset and you're focusing a bit more on the positives of your session um, and it's a bit more uplifting and you think actually yeah things did go well but always ensuring that afterwards you look and think don't focus on the negatives let's get three positives out there uh, and change the mindset. There was also a point where she said that about between players so when they're discussing it with themselves they couldn't give each other three positive tips about or something positive that they said about each other so it's kind of fostering that amongst players as well so yeah, yeah i think really it's a really good thing to do right that's all we have time for today but don't forget to check out the episode description for all the links to our platforms there you will be able to click through to the england football community this is where you can post your coaching questions for us to discuss on the podcast or just simply to connect with loads of wonderful coaches yeah we really do enjoy hearing all of your coaching questions so please do go and have a look and check that out we'll be back soon with another episode of coachcast so if you haven't already hit that subscribe button to make sure you don't miss an episode from all of us at England Football Learning, thanks for listening.